0: Dental.com.
2: He this is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Gentlemen, in the history of doing this podcast with you, I've never wanted a cheeseburger so bad in my life as I do right now, and I know that's a left turn. I know it, it doesn't have anything to How do with mine? anything. What? I don't know what why sparked
1: this. Did you I do was, was it a know. commercial? Like, no. Just
2: I, tell us. No. No. There's nothing other than when I was driving in this morning, and I was going to stop and get a breakfast sandwich, and I was like, "Man, I really want a like a big gnarly cheeseburger and a gigantic order of fries and, and that's did, just what i've been see in the mood a
1: billboard for. or hear a commercial nah, or like that no it
2: just sounds really good wow like i can't deliciously,
1: imagine deliciously good i can't imagine workout boy over here is eating a lot of cheesy burgers <laughs> no i that. haven't lately that's for not. sure <laughs> that's it, why you turned into workout boy right i just uh, yeah there's too many <laughs> cheeseburgers
3: before that what's funny about that you talk about te- cheeseburgers and eating cheeseburgers is during the blue stanley cup run um, Kim uh, Eberly. she works. She's with the production team down with, well, was Fox Sports Midwest, Bally Sports now. And we started to have, uh, we started the whole playoffs by, we had a cheeseburger before the show, before the pregame show. And the Blues went on to, you know, they kept winning and winning and winning and winning. We ate so many damn cheeseburgers <laughs> that playoff run. That by the end of it, we were both like, we're
1: done right? And,
3: and to this day Kim, and if you're listening, Kimmy, you're awesome she's like, it took me forever to even look at a cheeseburger <laughs> did you, again.
1: Did you, and I'm sorry if you mentioned this at, at the start of this, but did you like switch out the types of burgers or was it one oh, place no, no, all no. the same time? Same
3: order, same place all the time. It was uh, the the Bally's Grill, whatever it is down there at Ballpark Village. Oh, and, okay,
1: Ballpark Village, yeah. So that
3: was it. Oh, so we'd go and you'd dope. order in-house and Kim was awesome she'd go down and get it and then we'd Choke down these burgers and fries and just be like, oh my god, so full. Then they'd win. And we're like, oh my god, I have to have another cheeseburger <laughs> celebration two days yeah. from now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of valleys, you were you were on the uh, the game broadcast yeah. last night, and a I thought you did a phenomenal job. Thank you. And two, we got a handful of uh, for the Rizzuto show. We got a couple of two, three emails saying you were doing a fantastic job. Awesome, man. How
2: how long does it like sort of take you to kind of get? into the flow of the game because that's got to be like a different thing because you don't want to step all over J.K. and what he's doing.
3: Yeah, no, here's what I'll say is what I'd done it a couple of times before, not to that level, not to that level. Um, and, and John Kelly is so amazing at what he does. And the way he calls the game, he leaves very strategic opportunities for you to talk about things and the pauses that he takes are – it's amazing because something will happen. Something good will happen and no goal, nothing like that. Maybe it's a big save, big, big play, and the puck will carry through the neutral zone and John will just kind of stop talking. And that gives you a chance to discuss what yeah. just happened down yeah. there. And now, then, does he say he's going to do that or you no, just no, realize it
1: because it's natural? You just
3: realize it. And yeah. That's why I'm saying. That's why he's so great is because of he just does it subtly. And then, you know, you pick up on it and I sort to okay, he's gonna do this. You get to know each other's rhythm. Yeah. And so you know, you say your thing, but the thing you gotta get in and get out. Yeah. Because the play keeps going. It doesn't wait for you. Like the boys don't stop on the ice and go, okay, Riv, <laughs> finish you your thoughts. Up up <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta get in and get out. And then John Kelly just picks up right where he left off. And it's like it's amazing. It was a lot of fun. It was a whole other Animal, uh, as far as doing that kind of
2: yeah, because it's because you're watching it on the monitor.
3: Well, yeah, unfortunately, yesterday we're watching it on the monitor because they're playing up in Winnipeg and uh, the hoops you have to jump through right now to go to Canada. Not necessarily just to go, but to go and come back or travel around and try to get back. And if one person for some reason were to you know contract the virus, then everybody gets quarantined, kind of thing. It's just too much of a pain. But, yeah, they set us up in a room and they got the gigantic TVs and they have all these different views on side monitors and all. It, it was really neat, man. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next time I do it. There's going to be, you know, at least a handful more of those opportunities. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I, it, it was really
1: cool. Uh, coming from someone who's done play by play before that's uh, <laughs> right love i Don, love it donnie and i uh, <laughs> veterans of the business <laughs> right veterans of the business no but uh, the our side of this is concerts or you know if we have a, a a live broadcast or something for me when i get home from those things it's kind of hard to unwind oh Do dude, you find last, that? dude. Yeah, last yeah last night
3: was uh was crazy i uh you know you end up leaving the game and uh kind of wired a little bit, you know? Like, I'm tired. There's no doubt I'm tired, but I'm still kind of wired because the adrenaline's kind of going, and you're kind of trying to think about everything. And So on the drive back to the girlfriend's house, uh, you know, I just was like, taking it all in. Got there, and she had a nice bourbon waiting for me. That's what me. I was going to ask. Uh, how, yeah. do you, how do you wind
1: down? A little it, bourbon.
3: It a little bit of bourbon last night, and just kind of talking about the, the night's events and whatnot. Just kind of decompress a little bit, and then, you know, it just uh, kind of winds you down. You're ready to go to bed. And then early morning again today. So that kind of is your slap in the face at the same time to where you're like, I better go to bed here or uh, the rooster's going to be kicking my ass in the morning. What do you,
1: what do, you do in bourbon wise?
3: Okay, so I, I'm, I'm new to this game.
1: See, because I'm a whiskey drinker. I'm not even a whiskey drinker. I'm a Jameson drinker. I don't know much about whiskey at all.
3: Yeah, um, I knew Crown Royal. Mm -hmm. And Crown Royal was not my friend for a lot of years. Crown Royal knew you. Mm. (laughs) A young Jamie Rivers drinking Crown Royal—that was uh, like—that was enough to make a rabbit fight a bear. And uh, so we stay away. We we did stay away from it for a very long time, very long time. But now being reintroduced to the bourbon world. It's been awesome, man. Uh, I love me some Elijah Craig, Knob Creek, the smoked maple. That's incredible. It's a little sweet, but it's awesome. And uh, you know, the Buffalo Trace. We are I've f- had
1: Buffalo Trace. I've had Tullamardu. That stuff is yeah. good. They got a cool bottle too. And
3: then uh, I've been I've been lucky enough to get a, a little pour of Pappy's, which mm. is, by the way, I didn't buy the bottle. Somebody else bought the bottle, but it's pretty incredible. It's like in, just amazing stuff and. Uh, and I know that uh, our friends over at Randall's, uh, you know, wine and liquor, they're they're doing a whole thing with Chris Kerber right now at Buffalo Trace. And so I actually just t- saw Todd and I was well, like, well, that's a place to go get an education. Uh, I was like, hey, buddy, I, I'm really looking to try some of that Buffalo Trace. He's like, well, let me hook you up. And so, yeah, we're going to go in there and, and and sample some of that and, and have some fun with it. But it's, what I love about it is I used to always drink it with mix all the time, like Coke or ginger mm-hmm. ale or something like that. Now it's a straight up, and they'll put like a big triangle of ice or one of those big ice balls, and you put it Mm -hmm. in, kind of let it slow melt. You pour that thing up over the ice, and then you just sip away, mm. Donnie. I'm telling you right now, all we right, that's do- it. Hang on, that's it we're for the show. <laughs> that's the last minute blues podcast. <laughs> just, we're headed over to Randall's. Yes, we Jeff gotta get. I gotta get one on the of
2: those. We, well, but there is one in South County because it just it's off of Watson. I need a Randall's closer to the house yeah. because just the selection okay. in there, man. Like I'm not even a big drinker, but like
1: just seeing all of the stuff, man. It is a good. It's it's a fun shop. It really is, and it's it's unlike say going and buying shampoo where you go, I don't need this many choices. Right. But with this, it's so fun to learn. And I've seen, I don't know if it's classes necessarily yeah, at Randall's. Like okay, tastings I've seen and things like that. Yeah, they've got a whole like program. and whatever. Yeah,
3: yeah, and I did that too one day, uh, again, with the girlfriend out at the place called the Rack House in, in Cottleville. Uh, they've got the flights and they have these different, they have like select bourbons of the week or of the month yeah. and they bring it in and they do a flight. I was like, this is incredible. I'm like I'm just going to move in. Remember, you're working
1: out. So. Yeah, but that's all right. It's not that bad. What's the cal- caloric intake. I don't know, Jeff. I don't look
3: at that stuff. All I do is good point. I, I just go to the gym the next morning and absolutely abuse my body, and I'm okay. Sweat with it out. I okay. get I get in about forty five minutes of cardio, then I'll do all the weight training, and I'm like, you know what? If that didn't counter it, then, <laughs> then I'm sorry. but yeah. it is what is. I'll be days, bourbon man.
1: fat. That's fine. Yeah, yeah.
3: I'm fine with it. if that's my only yeah. vice
1: right now, which it is. Um, I'm good with that. 90, well, Ninety-seven calories in a one and a half ounce shot of bourbon. That's not bad.
3: Well, I just—I'll tell you what I'll right. do. I just won't eat on days I drink bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, I might die. let <laughs>
1: me have some dinner.
3: <laughs> there's okay. lunch. There's breakfast and a small snack.
2: So it didn't maybe seem like it for a while last night, but the Blues do get out of Winnipeg uh, with an extra point and uh, with the with the win last night. Uh there were parts of that game that I did not think that the uh the the outcome was going to be favorable What win It just it just looked like the it almost just kind of looked like the guys collectively went Oh, my God, we've been away from home for a week and a half.
1: Right. And, yeah.
2: and we're, you know, man, I mean, just kind of just felt a little slower the, last The night.
1: biggest thing that, yeah, slower is perfect because I've been saying this season that this team seems much faster. Yeah. And much crisper or more crisp, whatever it is. More crispy. It's crispier. More, cr- more crispy We'll have to figure that out. And I noticed the, is it the F2? No, the F1 that's supposed to go in and get the puck. Yeah. Bring it back for F2. F2 was very, very uh, absent last night. Well, F1 was too. Oh really? Yeah, they were effing. Did off anybody somewhere. tell the F's? Did anybody tell the F's That's there a was job. a game? Thank you. But and I know we'll get to him. But I think uh, Binnington should have been star number three, two, and one last night. Wow, day.
3: I thought he was okay.
1: What? Well, he was all right. Yeah. What are you a, drunk on bourbon for? A, for
3: a human being? Not a, yeah. not an are alien sure? or something like that. I think we met, wow. He might be a superhero. Wow. Um, no, Jordan Binnington. We'll get to him. Yeah, he yeah. was incredible. Uh, he just he's putting a, an exclamation point on why he should be always in the conversation as one of the best goalies in the NHL. But yeah, the Blues or forecheck was just absent. It just, it's the only word I can use for it is uh, the Russians, the three Russians there, they had it going for a little bit, but there was too much too much coasting. And what I mean by that is when you see the Blues on their game when they're forechecking, the feet don't stop all the way to the puck. They're on yeah. it, they're on it, they're on it. Last night, top of the circles, they plant the water skis is what I call it because it just looks like the feet are... Planted, and they're just gliding into the forecheck like they're just kind of water skiing along there and that ain't cutting it winnipeg's too good they have a really good fast team very very similar to the st louis blues and so you give them an opportunity to get the puck without being pressured or to gain the net without getting pressured they're right out of their zone and that's what happened for the majority of last night was the winnipeg jets had very little resistance getting out of their end so what they end up at the Blues net and testing Jordan Biddington every freaking couple of minutes. This almost kind of, in the last couple of games, it sort of seems like it
2: is um, becoming a bit of a habit. I mean, it seems like they were parts of this game with Anaheim, that it was sort of like the same way where you're kind of just sort of waiting for that for that sort of spark or, or, or what have you. But I know it's early in the year. You know, you've dealt, we got COVID things going on. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make excuses. I feel like you are. But, you got to, but what I'm trying to say is you got to kind of play the ebbs and flows of the season
3: here, though, right? Yeah. Hey, listen, it's it's a long season. They're going through some things right now. Ryan O'Reilly's back, but is he 100%? You know, is he still trying to get his legs back under him? Probably. You got Callie Rosen, who's only played 22 games now ever in the NHL in five years of being over here. You've got some different components that just aren't the same. Tory Krug, your power play machine back there, he's not available. Uh, David Perron looks like he might be a little tired right now. And it just, it is what it is. Right. And, but what I like about it is the Blues are finding ways to get points and finding ways to win hockey games.
1: If I think I may have heard, I think it was uh, BK may have said it and may, not your show, uh, possibly. But aren't, aren't they at almost the exact same record this year as they were at the beginning of the season last year? The Blues, yeah, no, or was it the year before? Year.
3: Yeah, maybe the year before. Maybe it,
1: maybe it was the yeah. the year before. Last there, year was not. Great. Maybe it was two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. A, but I mean, a good start. When you have a good start like this, you can go through this kind of stuff. One of my big uh questions for you is Butchnevich. What do you think of his play so far? Because I know he scored last night, and I thought, okay, great. He everybody says he has this shot, and you now he's going to find it. But that was kind of a. Shot, you know what I mean? Well, it didn't. That was
3: a great shot, Jeff. Uh,
1: it didn't look like it went off his stick, right?
3: No, that was a great shot. I thought
1: it was his pass to Cairo, but it almost made my eyeballs fall yeah, out no, of my face. Well, oh, so, that was amazing! Yeah, that yeah. was amazing. But that shot, I was hoping for him to just bury one, and it well, he just. Did. But it seemed like it came no, off of his blade no, no. weird.
3: He, the the goaltender Hellebuck was was cheating on that play, going into the RVH, which is a goalie posture where you. Go on one knee and you use your shoulder to try and hold up that short side. And in doing so, you leave your leg kind of diagonally out the other one. Buchnevich read that and so changed midstream on that. And instead of going top shelf, change it and turn the hand over a little more and kept it right along the ice. So it changes the speed of the
1: shot. Yeah. but So it's he did it on purpose. 100%. Wow. See, I would have never known that. It How looked like a that- miss hit to me.
2: How in the hell do you do that? <laughs> I mean,
1: that You're yes, looking at the wrong person. That's unbelievable. The, I would have said the same thing about Saad's last goal, too. But I'm, I'm assuming he did that on purpose, too, because he went 5 hole right? Yeah, no,
3: that was absolutely 100% direct oh. and on purpose. Uh, and a lot of times, too, you'll your eyeballs will confuse the goalie, too, because you'll come down and you'll look top shelf and then just slide it on the ice. And so the goalie, what happens is they're in their crouch – and they kind of they pull up a little bit cuz they feel like the puck is coming up high so they're taught to make themselves look bigger so they get bigger what happens then is they can't get down quite as fast and it looks like they lose their balance or lose their stepping and so when you're able to catch a goalie who is for lack of a better word cheating on the play you can make him look kind of silly by going low, especially five-hole. Wow. You've said this before, but the NHL, they're good. That's a good league. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> it. That's
1: a good league. How,
3: to, back to your Buchnevich there, old Butchie, as they're calling him these days, Oh, he's been great. Okay. He had a couple games off there for the headbutt, which, uh, you know what, I'm okay with that big boy. Buzz the tower every now and then, I'm Shocking okay with that. Shocking that he was okay with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm fine with it. He came back after that, he was meh, meh, so-so. But then the last two, three games, I feel, I feel like he's really found his game. He's got the big body going, a couple of good hits in the last couple of games. Last night, very, very involved. A little bit of a coast-to-coast. You're the most there. He comes in under, over the stick, pass it back to Cairo, who comes in, puts it in. I'm very happy with Bucinevich, especially over the last couple of games. Hmm.
1: What's the matter? Oh, nothing. I'm just You're trying, to decide. You're trying to decide when to bring something up. Was well,
2: no, right? no, 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 no. I okay. didn't know which way I was going to go, whether it was my love of the uh, the Russian line or mm. it was my love of Jordan Cairo. Uh th- there's, there's a lot of ways to go here. Just but, spread to love, Donnie. But let yeah. me throw this one out at you. So Jack Eichel, off the board and gone. So does that mean that Vladdy is the number one trade target in the NHL right now?
3: Uh, I guess if it's processed by elimination, yeah. I mean, I guess because he's kind of available. Although, I don't know if he is, type thing, because if I'm Doug Armstrong, and we've talked about this several times, I'm not even answering the phone right now. I'm not. Not unless you're calling me and saying, hey, by the way, I have a number three defenseman or a a number one or a number two defenseman that I'm willing to move right now, which nobody's going to do that. Not this early in the season. Um, Unless somebody's calling with that, why why would you disrupt this team right now? Vladdy has played very well so far uh last night he's blocking shots and he's skating hard and like he's creating he created a ton of opportunities against anaheim they didn't find the back of the net but that line of thomas kairu and tarasenko was was deadly they you know they didn't capitalize but they were everywhere well and it seemed like
2: the one line that was noticeable all night on sunday was that particular
3: yeah they barely played in their own end if you look at the numbers of the analytics of it they it was like the ice was tilted, and they were skating downhill towards the other team's end all night. They didn't capitalize, which sucks, and it probably cost them the game because they couldn't get to get a couple more on the board. Uh, but, no, right, near Vladimir, right now, Vladimir Tarasenko, especially with this COVID thing going on, to where guys are getting it, they're, most of them are showing no symptoms at all, but it's still 10 days. So if you lose a David Perron for 10 days or you lose a mm. whoever else you want to put on that list for 10 days, you
1: don't think you're really happy to have
3: Vladimir Tarasenko?
1: Well, no. and also the, the more he plays well and the more Doug Armstrong doesn't answer phone calls, the price goes up, correct? Always. Yeah. And as teams get further
3: and further out of the mix in their respective divisions or conferences, for that matter, and you always go back, I'll use right now the Ottawa Senators and the Montreal Canadiens. You know, not that the Ottawa Senators have anything you'd really want that they would get rid of, but in theory, okay, you look at those two teams right now and fast forward a month, from now, And they still are in the bottom of their conference where there's no hope of making the playoffs, but they're carrying a defenseman that is, you know, got three or four years left on his deal at six plus million. Mm-hmm. They might say, OK, we're willing to swap that D man for Vladimir Tarasenko right now and we'll take on his seven point five. But we know that after next year, we're done with it.
1: Would thing. somebody and I know we're at that point now with Jake Neighbors. Yeah. What are your thoughts on what's going to happen with Jake Neighbors? Because if you remember, after the first handful of, of games, we're all like, get yourself an apartment, dude. Yeah. Get yourself a place. It's, he's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Um, I think what's happened
3: is the NHL is a good league, Jeff. Mm. And uh, these young guys are learning. And he's getting less opportunity because some of the games are a little tighter right now. And I don't think Craig Barubi is upset with him. I think that he is very happy with the young man. It's just that some of the opportunities to play aren't necessarily there. So I think he's here to stay. Personally, if I'm the St. Louis Blues, I'm looking elsewhere to alleviate some salary pressure in order to try and get Oscar Sundquist back in the lineup here for the next game or certainly the next couple of games. I would look elsewhere rather than and worrying about Jake Neighbors. I just don't see him getting any better going back to junior. That's the problem is it's like – The level of play for him after spending nine games in the NHL, it's going to drop substantially. Will he score a lot of points? Yeah. Will he be on the ice the whole time? Yeah. Will he develop bad habits? Yeah. And that's what you don't want. And it's not to say his level of play will drop. Even though he's the best player on the ice, wherever he's going to be, his overall level of play will drop from where it's at right now. So where's the development? There is no development. Right. Right. Now you got to start all over again next year or whenever
1: he comes up. I just don't understand why it would hurt you to have him here.
3: Well, it doesn't. My thing yeah, is he's it,
1: just got to play more often than he's sitting his all yeah, Was it 6 sure that that
3: minutes last night, I think? You have around. to make sure that his development continues to spike. If you had a uh, a line graph to where, you know, it goes up and down and looks, you know, the whole uh, music type thing there mm-hmm. looks like that, you got to make sure that the trajectory of that graph continues to go up. It might plateau for a little bit, but then it's got to go up a little more. Even if it has a sudden gradual rise from the season and you look at the ending point to the beginning point, even though it doesn't feel like it's been an extreme year of development, there's a huge, there's been a massive gap from where you started to where you are now and it's all been a slow burn and that's positive. Rather mm-hmm. than having that 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 chart go sky high right now and then drop all the way down because he's back playing junior. And then he plateaus down there because there's no reason to elevate it anymore. So now you've actually, in theory, gotten worse Yeah. as a hockey player. So if I'm Craig Berube and I'm Doug Armstrong, I'm looking for the end game. The finish line at the end of the year, that graph for me is going to be pointing in the upward direction.
2: they gotta fi- They got to fix that rule, too. That, that, you know what I mean? they got to tweak that. that- I've
3: suggested something a long time ago that they should be able to declare one player a year that is um, not ineligible, exempt. Exempt from that rule. Uh, each team, every year, come training camp, you have to just say, okay, we're earmarking player X, player Y, or player Z. Here's our guy. Boom. And the American Hockey League says, okay, you can do that. And we'll let we'll let it fly because the guys coming over from Russia and Sweden and all these other players, they're allowed to play in the minors, right? Yeah.
1: And there's other teams in the NHL that go through this Jake Neighbors thing every single year, every year, yeah,
3: every year. Now some teams have stockpiled with some young players, like when when the Oilers were terrible and every year they had a young player, you know, because they're drafting young guys every year. This is that would get a little bit crazy, but this is why I think if you have one player that's exempt, then at least you pick the guy that you think is going to be. Uh, get uh, developed the most by staying in the NHL, and at least you have a guy then.
1: I, this, I know this is going to be a blanket statement, but since you brought up the Oilers, is Connor McDavid there, is that just a, I don't want to say a waste of his career. Almost, Jeff.
0: Almost. I, I
1: look at him and I think Steven Jackson from the Rams. An incredible player on a really, really, really poor run team. Well, they're better now. Okay. Right, right. They're better now, but how many and, years has he been playing?
3: Well, he's still he's only twenty five. I think. Oh, that's okay. Maybe twenty six. You can fact check me on that. It's fine, but he's got a lot of career left, mm-hmm. a lot. And so does Leon Dreisaitl. So does Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They got a, a good stable of young players there that they can build off of. But they've been bad, and they were really bad from a organizational standpoint of drafting and developing. It was it was bad, not good. But Ken Holland is there now. And Ken Holland, as we know, uh, without a salary cap at the time in Detroit, put together one of the most dominant franchises in recent history over a 20-year period. He's in Edmonton now, and he's got Dave Tippett, who is a great coach. If you look at his track record in the NHL, and we know that he coached in Dallas for a very long time, he's an excellent coach, and he's great at developing young players. The Edmonton Oilers are peaking right now. They are peaking. If they ever got a goalie, if they ever got a goaltender, they would be dangerous. They remind me of all, like some of our Blues teams in the mid to late '90s, where we had everything except for the goalie that could get us across the finish line. I'm sorry to ask this. Who is their goalie right now? Is it Cam Talbert? Uh, no, he's in uh, he's in Minnesota. Okay, sorry. Now, no, it's I Mike know. Smith. I got- Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And Yanni Corpusalo, I believe, is the other guy. And uh That's a fun name. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's not pretty. I I still think that there's an opportunity to where the Edmonton Oilers could make a trade with the Chicago Blackhawks and Marc Andre Fleury. Marc Andre Fleury. Yeah. Fleury is a very, very wanted commodity right now. I know the Golden Knights had tickled the idea of it. Uh, bringing him back, but they're going to have their hands full with a whole bunch of other salary cap and injury stuff, and so who knows, right? But I do think the Edmonton Oilers would benefit tremendously by putting a guy like that in between the pipes. If they did that, the Oilers would be one heck of a team.
2: Do, are they, uh, This is weird. I, I have teams in which that I kind of root for, even though I don't, necessarily. Edmonton is always kind of one of those teams always that I root for. for me. Too. And maybe if it's, it's because of Gretzky and all that stuff back in the day, it's a great hockey
3: city, man. I'm telling you, maybe it's that's a phenomenal, it too. Pl- phenomenal people that live in Edmonton. The hockey community is excellent. It's always been a hotbed for good hockey. So it's sad to have uh, it be so crappy for so long.
1: What, uh, a couple of uh, American dudes uh-huh. that have never, you've never been to. To the Canadas? Yeah, you've never been no, to. Oh, Amer- man, I want America's, to, uh, you. America's attic up there?
2: No. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, uh, but come on. Where, Out of the two of us, uh, stop it, Jamie.
1: <laughs> two people that love <laughs> hockey that have never been to Canada yeah. before, where should we go watch a game in Canada first? Oh, Montreal. Montreal. That's yeah. what I was thinking either Montreal or Edmonton.
3: Uh, Edmonton's great. Well, Toronto. Toronto's okay, it's good, but Toronto's got, it's a weird kind of, it's like a L.A. vibe a little bit, like where you're spending a whole lot of money to get in the building and people are kind of, sort of fanning, not really. So it was more of a social event. It's like, the- hey, I spent $700 on my tickets. I'm a big deal. I'm at the Leafs game. Yeah, yeah. Look at the pictures don't, of me at the Leafs game. Don't spill my cocktail. Right. You know, like <laughs> get that. one of those things, right, whereas right. Montreal, like, you show up and they're tailgating and there's parties at every bar around town. You walk in, people are rowdy, they're loud. It's three quarters sold out for warm up. It's like the music is loud. Everybody it's it's an atmosphere. It's an event. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Um we should do
1: that. Yeah, I would love Edmonton's
3: that. not bad. I haven't been to the new building. I heard it's absolutely incredible. Um Edmonton, Calgary—they're good buildings. Uh, Calgary can be a little quiet at times, depending on the situation. Vancouver is hit or miss too. Ottawa don't. Good point. Mm. Ottawa used to be great, but a younger team now, and the owners kind of pissed off a lot of people there, so it's a hit or miss there. The one you're not going to miss on ever is Montreal. Okay. Always have an amazing time. All right.
2: I want to ask kind of a big picture thing here, man. And I, I, I wanted to ask this last week, but we ran out of time. And, I, you know, a lot of times when I ask you a question, I already have in my mind formulated an opinion one way or the other on okay. this, this matter. And, I, and I, on this particular one, I do not. Um, Alan Walsh, who's somebody that I follow yeah. on Twitter, the, the player agent, mm-hmm. um, and we talked about him last week with the Robin Leonard thing a couple of years ago where he tweeted out the thing. He has been on a bit of a mission the last couple of weeks in saying that Gary Bettman should no longer be the commissioner yeah. of the NHL. Oh, I've seen it. The uh, Kyle Beach situation, uh, the CTE stuff with former players. Uh-huh. Uh, Jamie, can you? What do you think about this man? Because I, I, I know everybody boos the guy anytime he gets up to the lectern or whatever. Uh-huh. But, but really, what what do we have here? Is this guy good for our game? Is it something
1: that needs to be changed? What? And also, by the way, first of all, good use of the term lectern. Oh, I thanks, that. man. Thanks. Well, what are the pl- and also, don't and please, I want to know the answer to that question, but also what is the player's attitude towards him? Players are indifferent. Okay. Players don't really care that really the
3: care. Hell is the commissioner of the league or whatever. I mean, nobody really gives a you-know-what. I mean, I never did okay. until we got locked out, and then I wanted to punch him in the face because I lost a whole year's of wages. And no, the bills didn't stop, that's for sure. Um, you get angry, but I think the biggest thing we have to remember is it's not, it's not Gary Bettman. It's the owners. Like he is the representative for the owners. So it's just like in, in the NFL, you know, Roger Goodell, he's the guy, everybody hates Roger Goodell. Well, all he is, is the voice and the face for the owners. So he does what he's told to do. And when Gary Bettman advises the owners on a lockout per se, or a certain way of doing things, they vote on it and then they basically tell Gary Bettman, No, this is how we're doing it. And now you're going to implement this. So, yeah, this, there's a small percentage that's Gary Bettman, you know, his ideas or the way he's doing things or his lack of effort uh, regarding certain crazy situations lately. But it's the he, all he is is the vo- voice in the face for the owners. So, uh, I don't know, even if you took a guy that, or a person, a woman, a man, doesn't matter. If you took person X and put them there in that job, they might be just as hated a year from now because all they're doing is 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 the same thing. They're carrying out the mission for the owners. So the owners have to get together now and decide we need to clean up this. This whole thing needs an enema type thing. We need to clean this out. And in doing so, if they want to at that point replace Gary Bettman and put a new face, a new identity, a new person in that that uh, that job, then great. But, you know, Gary Bettman, you guys got to remember, he he's grown the game at an incredible rate. And the owners are making money, pandemic aside, all that, the TV deals. Think about what Gary Bettman has done for the NHL in his tenure. Love him, hate him, indifferent, I don't care. I'm not a big fan, but I look at the numbers. And if you follow the money... The NHL is growing rapidly right now. Yeah.
1: And I know there was a time when they were the leading of all It doesn't mean they
3: shouldn't have more different protocols in place. It doesn't mean they shouldn't clean up certain areas. They absolutely should. But if you're looking at the money alone— the yeah, well,
2: them. I mean, it makes sense though. I mean, there yeah. he's
3: he's and not to, to use a word, but he's a
2: tool of the owners.
3: He's a tool. He's all right. so, a tool so, man.
2: But 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 like Jamie said, if they if they get rid of him and get somebody else, they're going to be doing the same thing. They're carrying the water the same way. It's just going
1: to be a different person carrying the water. I agree. What? Where did the hatred for him come from? Is it because of work stoppages? Because anytime he comes out on the ice to do a president, it's I mean, the it just, lockouts. He's had that, okay. three lockouts in his tenure. Holy
3: crap! You know, like that's. That's a lot, and people view him. He is the face of the lockout because he's the guy that gets up to the podium and talks about how, well, we're not happy with this, and until the players can you know readjust this or accept a salary cap and all that stuff that went down, he's the guy that you don't like because he's the guy that you associate with, well, I lost my NHL year or my team lost their chance at a Stanley Cup because of this guy. So that's yeah. why he gets booed. I just, I, I just uh, boy. I just I don't know uh,
2: going forward as far as as that sort of thing goes. I mean, what is even the point of having the
1: commissioner just so you've you got somebody there well, in like, that figurehead role? Yeah, it's like having the sales manager at a car lot. You know, hey, I'm going to give you this for this. Well, let me go talk to my manager. Hold right, on. I'm going to come back with a big red X or a big black X for you to sign on. You know what I mean? He's just a go-between. Yeah. That's your point, Pretty right? Pretty much, yeah.
3: And if you look at any major corporation, they have the ownership group or your board of governors, and then you'll have the president. And the president is the guy that he delivers all the bad news. He delivers all the good news. He's the guy because you don't get to, you don't get to the three or four people who run corporate. You don't get to talk to them ever. The highest you can get up the food chain is to the president, who's the voice and the face of those guys.
1: Hard left here, um, uh, Sunquist. Do we? You, you mentioned him, but yeah, I, I meant to ask you how close he is. Do oh, he's you ready.
3: Know? Oh, he is. Oh, he's ready. Yeah, he's 100% Fantastic. Ready. Let's get a game together. Sonny. What do you say about tomorrow night, maybe? Well, salary cap says different right now, ah. Jeff. Um, putting him back in the lineup is going to be very difficult. Now, that being said, I haven't checked my my uh, social accounts or my emails or anything like that. Braden Shen to be determined. So if, if his injury is more serious and he's already missed, what, two games now? If... He was to go on long term injury reserve, the LTIR, they would get about $6 million worth of cap relief, which means, Sonny, you're up.
1: And it's not, it doesn't bode well when they say, hey, we're still on the road, but we're sending Shen back to St. Louis. It's not that, I don't look at it as that big of a deal. No, no,
3: because, you know, I look at it as, um, Why would you keep him on the road? It's uncomfortable. Something's going on there. Let's get him home. Let's get him looked at. Let's let him get get back into his own bed and sleep comfortably and not travel around. It simplifies it for me. Now, that being said, it could be something a little more concerning. But I've seen it plenty of times where they put it in the players' hands, too. Would you rather stick around or would you rather fly back to uh, St. Louis and get this looked at? And, you know, before they went to Canada, too— because if he got to Canada with the the COVID and all the the protocols, and he's got to go through a whole other set of tests and all that, forget it. Just go home now before we have to go up. there. Yeah, down. you
1: got a nagging injury, and then you got to deal with all that crap too. Yeah, you get your brain scratched twice before you leave.
3: Now all I can think about yeah. is how there's going to be a baseball work stoppage
2: and how that's going to really piss me off.
3: And well, that's coming. To, I mean, that's yeah. just happening. Yep. I
2: mean, there's not There's no way. Rob to,
3: Manfred, uh, though, he'll handle it properly. I'm
2: sure he will. He's going to get in there, fix it, and
3: get out. Boy, oh boy, that's a guy that. Uh,
2: what a disaster!
3: Well, he's the voice of the owners, though. <laughs>
0: there Just, yeah, there you go. And he's this the is voice why of they the have owners. them. They're and like,
3: hey, pay no attention to me. Just uh, feel free to hit the piñata we're going right. to hold in front yeah, of you. You go and take th- all the heat. So, so
2: they. And also, too, I think there's still a lawsuit going on between the players and the owners god, about the abbreviated schedule last year. Yeah, who knows? This is going to be just a there's disaster. There's a lawsuit
1: about a lawsuit, right? I think. Probably so. You, you Professional athletes, you make so much money, oh, and all
3: you—oh, d- <laughs> god! Some of them do. They sure do, Jeff. So we actually
1: put one foot on the council to come over
3: uh, over the board.
1: <laughs> I loved that
2: jet sweater last night more than I've loved almost any any jersey in a while. Man. It's a
3: great look. That isn't thing it? is beautiful. Man. I love the original logo it's so awesome it's so much better. i like you know their fighter plane that they have now is kind of cool with the maple leaf in the background and i, I get it i am I'm, I'm okay with it yeah but to see the old jets and then the one the, the one jet over the hockey stick and it just i really i really liked is uh is,
1: awesome is it hollebuck right i really loved his helmet mask thing last night yeah I and that was guy a is, really cool retro and he is too, good too. man damn he is a it good wasn't a good, as good as our goalie last night. Sure.
2: Uh Last Minute Blues Podcast brought to you by Together Credit Union empowering you to achieve your financial goals. I still want a cheeseburger guys.
1: You do? What's your favorite what's your go-to cheeseburger?
2: Uh, I mean I,
3: I, I don't know I'm
2: a the big High fan Point of- Drive-In is my burger spot. So
3: here's man. where I go with the cheeseburger thing, okay, is uh I'm still looking. I would love a regular spot Either in the St. Charles area, Cottleville area, or right here around the Creve Court where it's like the homemade
1: burger. Like, what about you, the five guys? Is that, that not that's homemade not a, enough? It's not, no? no,
3: it's a chain. It's like yeah,
1: you know. And you gotta eat the fries right away.
3: But I wanna go. Gotta, I gotta yeah. I, wanna, I wanna go someplace where it's like you know that they just made that burger like right there for you. And yep. it's got, you know, maybe a little bit of the some kind of a sauce or a a dressing that's on it that's unique to it, and the bun is special. It's not like just... You're
1: making Donnie Swag.
3: No, but you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and you come across these places when you travel. You're like, wow, you ordered the cheeseburger Someone's Like, oh, my God, what a cheeseburger, right? Right, right. But I can't find that place here to where I'm like... I go there for cheeseburgers. Right, right. So your
1: cheeseburger spot, the yeah. Vi- the Village Bar. Have you ever gone there? No, no. It's really, really crazy during lunch, but it's at uh, it's actually not far from here. Manchester and uh, two seventy across from uh, West County Mall. That's yeah.
2: I'll tell you that white when we worked downtown, yeah. That white night place, yeah.
1: That was really good. Oh
2: gee many yes
1: yeah. I didn't, it
2: was like a paper plate and a burger and like five bucks and you're out of yeah. there. But that was the best damn thing I had ever
1: had. I have a great story about going there when we worked downtown myself and our old buddy, Brendan Shanahan, not yes, the hockey Shitty. player, but the radio, Brendan Shanahan guy. And one other person, I can't remember. is three of us. We went, oh, the, the, the crux of the story, Ron, our coworker, Ron, who was born without hands mm-hmm. and oh, without, yeah. without half of one of his legs yeah. from the knee down. And three of us go, Ron drives. Ron uh, drove what? that day as one of me, not just drives in general. He drove that day, big Wait. old pickup truck at the time. What? Yeah. Yep. And uh, uh, we we pull in there, and okay. the uh, the place, you know, when you're downtown, a lot of times you have uh, a job free agents, if you will, saying, "Hey, can I can I borrow a couple of bucks?" We were walking in, and this guy goes, and it was fall. Uh, the guy said, "Hey, do you guys have any change?" And I said, "Hey, or no?" Ron said, "When we're done, whenever change, you know, when we come out, you can have." It. He goes, "Okay, cool, thanks, guys." And we will go inside. We have our lunch. Again, it's fall, so Ron hands in his pockets when he comes out of the building. And this guy, this guy goes, oh, hey, no. man, you guys said that you were going to give us some. And Ron pulls out. At the time, he may still carry one. I don't know. But like a change purse kind of thing that you squeeze and it opens yeah. up in his front pocket. And he reaches in there and, and goes like this and dumps all the change. And the guy just goes, you ain't got no hands, man. You ain't got no hands. And then he follows us over to Ron's truck and gets in. He goes. And you gonna drive? (laughs) He goes. What are you, some kind of superhero? And Ron's like, Yeah, I'm the superhero with no hands.
2: And and the thing about Ron, such good food, dude. The thing about Ron, man, is that he jokes about it. So like, you've got to
3: kind of like you got to go with it. You got to go with it, man. I've met Ron a number of times. I remember downtown, and the first time. I met him. He like, oh, I already put his hand out, yeah, like to shake his hand. What your he head. does? Damn it! And I'm I like, you he got you. I'm like, yeah. do I? Do, what?
1: I, Once you're committed, you have to. <laughs> right. I, I like grab the. I don't know what you would call it. The... He's called it his nub. Okay. Before, yeah. I, so I think it's okay. I feel to, kind of to, weird to to saying I grabbed that. his
3: nub. However, <laughs> uh, I did grab his nub and give a little. Yeah. I'm like, did I do that right? I don't know, dude.
2: With, I, we've been in meetings where he said, "I want to give you a hand." You yeah. know what I mean? What? I mean, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. I like, hey,
1: when I did afternoons, <laughs> nope. when I did afternoons with Tom, we used to have a bit <laughs> called "Why It Sucks to Be No Hands Ron," and it would be a big production opening saying, "Why It Sucks to Be No Hands Ron," and, and he's and, completely in on it. And Ron would just come in and go, "Dimes." That's another episode of <laughs> why it sucks to be no hands Ron. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. Oh when we were putting together you the You guys point, are going to get us all fired here right the now. First no, ever, ever, the world's not ready for no, this Ron, Ron will stick up for us. The, I guarantee it. The first ever point urge hockey game. Uh, oh, I was no. walking around the building just saying, hey, do you want to play? Do you want to play? Do you want to play? And I had just met Ron. And he comes up to me and says, how come you didn't ask me to play? And I was like. Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, it because of these. And he's shaking his arms around. I didn't know he had half a leg. And he goes, or is it because of this? And he pulled his leg off. I was like, ah! Oh! I just ran.
3: <laughs> You're
2: away. like, what's next? Yeah, man? I don't want to be in radio. I cannot bring my 12 year old Dexter around, Ron. Because I have just absolutely well, maybe I could because Ron, I'm sure would be awesome oh, with it. Yeah, he, you know uh, what kids I mean? are
3: great. There's oh, no filter. There is no None. polish. Yeah, no, especially
2: no, with my deep. All right. Well, anywho, Blues back in action tomorrow night against the Predators. We will be back with another episode of the Last Minute Blues Podcast tomorrow. As always, thank you very much for giving us your ears, St. Louis. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals.
0: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring. After two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time, and clearly he's not ready to hang up the cleats.